defensive rookie of the year. We got a top five defense still. And all we were missing was a quarterback. So now you bring in that quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and the sky's the limit. It just feels good to be a Jets fan right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you know about Benchmark? They're speaking the facts that you wanna hear. That rapper judge, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they're hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. This is his business, you know how they go. They playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my body blow. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob ENT podcast. How y'all fellas doing tonight? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. A lot of stuff to talk about, I feel like. May not, may not be enough space for one show. It's a lot of stuff to talk about, and I'm not going to hold y'all. Those that are watching on YouTube, shout out to y'all. Make sure to subscribe, share. But in the last couple of weeks, the content, we just were putting out content for y'all. It was hard doing these shows the last couple of weeks. It was outside of the NBA playoffs. It was, woo, woo, it was tough. But now we got the drive. We got the NBA playoffs in full swing. Oh, we got some stuff for the next couple of months, baby. Lamar's back. Let me know where y'all want to start. We can start with Lamar coming back. We can start with that first round of the draft. We can start with the Celtics finally closing out the Hawks. And of course, we are the New York. Knicks. We said it on the episode last week. Knicks and five. Knicks and five, baby. Knicks tape. Where well, y'all start? Greg, Greg was like, I don't know about Knicks and five, but I think they're going to win. I, I said Knicks. I had Knicks in like seven or six. six seven or six. As I said, I thought the Cavs had more fighting than them. So I would clearly I was wrong. Clearly I was wrong. They were scared. They couldn't live to the moment. And they let Mitchell Robinson dominate them all series. Yeah. So that's really what happened. Mitchell Robinson dominated them all series. And Jared Allen shrunk in a big moment. That was where they lost the series, in my opinion. Plus, when you have two guards, they're like six feet tall. And R.J. Barrett can just pick on switches all day and get downhill. Good luck. Good luck. And your best defender is Isaac Okoro, who's probably, what, 6'6"? Six, six? Not, he's not a real 6'8". You know, so just an advantage all around the Knicks. I, I underestimated all those things. So I was wrong. But, I mean... I did think the Knicks. I did think the Knicks could win the series. I do think the Knicks get to the conference finals. Um, it's going to be tough. Hey, you know, you could talk about the Heat series, but I'll let you bask in your glory for a minute. Go ahead, talk about your Cavs series. I mean, I, I feel like you know, there's more to it than just what I said for sure. But you know. hey, before Miles go, so your point, Jared Allen come out and saying that the lights were brighter than expected says everything what happened that season. Mitchell Mitchell Robinson was the best player in that series, best big man in that series. And yeah. nobody respectfully expected that going into that series. He dominated both of their two big men. I'm going to let Miles go, but they got to trade one of them. Yeah. I mean, that series was a straight-up domination. Like I said at the beginning, they got to take one in Cleveland. They took game one. Game two, they showed a little bit of fight. Cleveland did. And they were all excited, you know, flicking it up in the locker room. I'm like, okay, well, you guys split at home, which is your best place to play. you supposedly a great home team. So let's see what happens at the Garden. We smoked them at the Garden. Like, we dominated them, like we should. And, like, Brunson got it going. Even though Randall struggled a couple times in the series, RJ's the one who stepped up. Even after we were talking about games one and two when RJ, you know, he struggled and people are talking about maybe he plays a little less than he has because he's not shooting it well. He's he's kind of a minus on the court. And what did he do once he came back to the garden? He he started getting downhill. He's driving to the cup. There, there were so many moments in these games where I'm like, this is why this team can make a deep run 
Like they're deep. We got Hart grabbing 12 boards in a game clinching or a series clinching game. You got Mitchell Robinson who he made it impossible for them to do anything. Like offensively, we're grabbing boards nonstop. We're getting second, third, fourth chances every time we're down. Nets, that's demoralizing for the Cavs. Like you see it on uh, Donovan Mitchell's face sometimes and a couple times in this series that like you see Mitchell Robinson grab a board and pass it back out. And it's like, damn, we played good defense on that play, but they got another chance and they hit a three. So I think we just wore them down. Like they one, the Knicks are a lot deeper than the Cavs. So that was something that was an underrated aspect in this series because looking at that Cavs bench, they had to desperately go to Danny Green in game three because I mean Isaac Okoro couldn't find a shot until game five. So there's not much to be said about Cleveland. I think They've got to do some soul searching in this offseason, whether that's getting rid of Bickerstaff, because there's a, I mean, there were a couple coaches that, you know, I would pick up instead of Bickerstaff. I think his adjustments were awful in this series. And I think Tibbs deserves a lot of credit because he had a couple games where we could have honestly lost it, where we're winning most of the game and it comes down the stretch and, you've got Randall struggling, but he leaned on Obi a couple times. Obi came up big in this series, and that's what I kind of expected. If Randall goes down, Obi's good enough. I think he's been ready to show what he can do, but there's just no no room for him kind of on this team with Randall playing 35 minutes a game at the same position. So we'll see. It feels good to have home court advantage in you know a, a round of the playoffs coming up like the garden on sunday is going to be rocking we're going to stay with the knicks looking to that next series knicks heat now before we even talk about our predictions in that series and what we see what's happening jimmy hemi butler my gosh i personally i know playoff jimmy is a serious thing but I personally underestimated that he was going to be able to carry them four games. No Tyler Hero. No Victor Oladipo. Kevin Love is a shell of himself. Gabe Vincent's the second best player, and Kyle Lowry might show up. He's going to give you 15 charges, but no buckets. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler's going to be a Hall of Fame player at the end when it's all said and done. I don't think he needs a ring for him to be a Hall of Fame player. What he's done in the biggest moments, the playoffs, is literally what? Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, those type of numbers. And y'all tell me, in the biggest moments, and you need a muscle-win game, you got to be at the top of the list of players that you want right now. If I'm in a game seven, I'm in a crucial game five, it's tied up 2-2, Give me Jimmy Butler every single day of the week. I don't know if he could do this again, though, with the Knicks. Uh, How y'all the series going? I think he could. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think he could. But it all depends on what Tibbs draws up as, like, the scheme to defend him. Like, it works. Oh, he's going to get double bucket? He's going to get his buckets. I'm saying, like, to lead to win the series, y'all too deep, I think. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, Tyler Hero was a big loss for them. And, I mean, Max Struess is solid, but he's not he Tyler well. Hero. He played well, though. He played well. He played well. But those guys are going to have to defend. And I know during the season they were doing a lot of putting Gabe Vincent on RJ, but they're going to have to scrap that because it didn't work. And we saw in this past series, like, you put a small guard on RJ, and he's just going to take you to the cup. And – I I think that they should double Jimmy off those screens and try to force someone else to make a play. Like, if you're going to let somebody beat you, I mean, is Max Struess going to drop 40 for you to win? Is, make Bam make some plays? I mean, Bam's great. 
Like, he looked great in that last game where he was making plays, passing. But that's who you want to, to kind of beat you. Because I like the matchup of Mitchell Robinson or Randall on Bam, honestly. Because I think you put a little length on him and he's he hasn't shown that he's aggressive enough to overcome that. Look, I I think I look at the series in a couple of ways. The Knicks could win. The Knicks could win it, and and I don't know that they should be favored, but they have the home court advantage, so they should be favored. I think the home court advantage gives them the favor, the favor, even though I think Miami, you know, being as a veteran team that's been there before, been to a finals before, with, with this with this core group, um, it gives them a good edge to be able to not get scared in in, in the moment. It's almost not going to be too big for them like it was for Cleveland. They're not a young team, so I don't really worry about that as much with them. They have the best player in the series. Jimmy, the best player in the series. Jimmy, the best, Jimmy, the best player in the playoffs outside of Devin Booker. Um, and then they have they have the better coach. They have the better coach, and that matters. <laughs> that matters. So this series is going to – look, this series should be what I thought the Cavs series was going to be. I think there will be a, a six, seven-game, seven-game, hopefully, series just for, the, just for the viewership. I mean, I'm sure Knicks fans want over in five or four. But, I mean, you know – I, realistically, I think that you're looking at a series, probably six or seven games. It's going to be a dog fight. I, I, I mean, you can double Jimmy for sure. That's a viable plan. I'm not saying it's not, but I think the loss of Julius Randles, if he's not going to play or if he's going to be hobbled, is going to hurt you in the series where you have to deal with Bam. That that matters. Like that matters. That's tough. Um, and if they want a single cover, you know, Jimmy got the points in the series. They have bodies, McBride and Grimes and them guys, right? And uh, who else? Uh, Hart, right? You could do that. Um, but he's a hard single cover right now. It's hard to single cover that guy. Like it is. So if they double him, it would make sense. It, it, this is a series. I feel like the Knicks should win, um, uh, just because how deep they are. But I think the coaching edge is going to show itself at certain points in the series. And I think Jimmy is, Jimmy is crazy right now, man. Jimmy is, Jimmy's on 2020 type stuff. That's what he was on in the playoffs in 2020. So it really looks very similar there. So I, it's hard to pick. I mean, the home court advantage is, is is nice for the Knicks, and if R, I think RJ has to play well, it goes it goes without saying he has to. Um, and I know people say he's well against the Heat. That's he what they will. say. And you're right. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Throw some bigger bodies at him. We'll see how it goes. You know, I don't I think got, Jalen Brunson. I got Knicks in six, and I think to your point, coaching is going to matter in this. Obviously, the better coach is Spolstra, but. I think the Knicks will do a better job because speaking of coaching, but I don't know. I can't see us starting off in September, October, a new season, and he has a job as the Bucks head coach. I'm going to throw this stat out here, and we could talk about the Bucks and their collapse. And, yes, Giannis, I don't care what you say. I know you was in your feelings. You was upset. There's the person acting the thing clashing last year. It was a failure. Point blank, period. That's what happens in sports. That's what happens in life. And failure is a part of the process to become great. You can't negate that. And Kobe and MJ would tell you the same thing. But back to Bud, one stat, and y'all could take it over. In that series where Jimmy Buck, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler had a 56-point game, closed out the series with a 40 plus point game they only double teamed jimmy butler seven times in the whole series that's coaching and Giannis threw him under the bus too Giannis, why didn't you guard him well that was a coaching decision twofold yes bud you're terrible you should have put Giannis on him secondly Giannis, that's sweet because Spolstra was going to draw the play up for somebody else besides Jimmy. And Jimmy told him, no, I'm going to be that guy. Give it to me. So if you spoke up, Bud would have listened or he would have got fired for not listening to you. So they got some soul searching to do too in the offseason. 13 missed free throws. Giannis, look in the mirror, baby. His flaws showed in this series. The flaws of what, what I always said about him and why I've always had a hard time you know, getting on the Giannis is the best player in the world train, even though he has been at points. I've had a hard time getting on that train just because there's just clear deficiencies in this game. You, 
free throw shooting, a perimeter defense. I don't think he's a great perimeter de- defender. I really don't. I think he's long. I think there's a lot of guys who are tall and long, and long but um, there's a difference between do- be- being tall and long and being someone who can slide their feet and stay with guys that are shiftier and things like that. So I think Jimmy would have had his way with him. I really believe that if he had guarded him. That's my, that's my opinion. I think that's why he didn't ask for that matchup. I think he's better in help. He's better coming over and blocking shots. That's always been his thing. It's why he's won Defensive Player of the Year uh, on some Gobert-type stuff. Like, it's been like that. Um, and that's how I knock on him. You should not, you got given gifts. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time trashing Giannis completely. You know, he has the back. He got his back blown out in the series and everything like that. So uh, I, I understand, you know, when, when something like that happens and you get your back blown out in the series, it's hard to, uh, to, to, to hold it against you. You miss some games. So it's all right. I mean, look, I, is it a valid excuse? No, in all seriousness. I mean, I think they had won the game that he didn't play and then they lost every game he did play is how it worked out. So, yeah. Right. So hard to, you look, it's, it's a stain, it's a stain and it's a stain, but he won a championship already. Um, there's some complacency. I think when you win one, especially from Milwaukee, who doesn't normally win them. So I think that's what you saw with that quote. I think that's what you saw. I think when you talking about there's no failure and all that stuff, it's because he, he feels like he's accomplished everything he can out of life already coming from Greece, sharing a one shoe with his, with his brothers, even though, even though they all got two legs, you're sharing one shoe with them. You know, you feel like you've accomplished everything there is in life already. So I understand. I get it. Like I look at it from his, from his point of view. I understand that it's tough, but it's true. You know, he did accomplish a lot. So I ain't knocking him. It's okay. Hey, Greg said his wife was really riding him like a buck. But go ahead, Miles. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could see, you could say it was a failure. I feel like it was more of a disappointment because I feel like this team did have some expectations and it kind of got derailed by Giannis getting injured the way he did. And I mean, he really missed three games. That first game, he got hurt in what the first quarter and tried to tough it out, and right. it just didn't work. And that's kind of tough. You're you're banking on your MVP to be out there and you don't really have a guy to replace him on that team. So kudos to them. They came back in one game two, but they got game three and he came back and he played well in game five, but, or game four, I mean, but I think it's just more disappointing because number one in the East, they did all this to get home court throughout the playoffs and they couldn't protect home court. Like it just like Cleveland, you lost two of three at home. Like, you're not going to win many series if you're not protecting home court. So, um, yep. but they're not they're not out of it. They're not, you know, done moving forward. But a big component that's coming up is, you, you know, his looming free agency in two years where, you know, he could honestly play out his contract and, you know, play the, <laughs> play the, the field and see what, what's out there. Because... I mean, it was cool. They won a championship a couple years ago. Great. But I don't see them ever getting to a championship again. Okay. Miles, I was going to say, it, it, they won a championship, a championship a couple years ago. They were lucky to win it. They shouldn't have won a championship like a couple years ago. They just escaped Brooklyn. But, right. Tom Brady shouldn't have won a Super Bowl. No, no, no I'm just saying. did that. It's, you it's, do it's, that it's a valid point. It's a valid point for this conversation because if you're talking about them winning a championship a couple years ago and you're, you're talking about the viability of the team moving forward, they probably realize in that room when they talk about that team moving forward and what they're going to do, that they were lucky to win in 20, what was it, 2020? They were they were lucky to win that. They were lucky. Was it 2020? I think it might have been. 21. 2021. Was that what it was? 21? Oh, well, yeah, they were lucky to win in 2021. Um, and I think they realize they have to get him a different running mate than Chris Middleton, someone a bit more respectable. And I don't know how a team like Milwaukee goes about doing that. I don't know what draft capital they have to do that. They're, are they going to try to trade for Dame when Dame comes available this summer? I don't know. Is that where Dame wants to go? I, I, you know, I can see him. I don't, I don't know, right? Like Milwaukee, it's tough. Um, so it's going to be really hard for them to, to get exponentially better. I, that's the thing I don't understand about that team. Where, where do you go from here? Like, how do you get better? You know, it's tough. Like you, you uh, To your remember. point, to your, yeah, to your point, too, is like, I know Giannis is out, but everybody in the world did not expect them to actually still lose the series. Like, all right, Giannis is out. They decided to keep him out, I think, one too many games, not respecting the Heat, thinking that they should still win because they were the better team and the Heat were decimated. So, again, 
coaching. Again, you got to look at the rest of the roster. Right. And I'm a whole Giannis to some level degree too, because that last game, the Giannis that everybody loves, and oh, he had 50 in a closeout game. I'm gonna go to shit flag and get 50 nuggets. When it was time to do it again, he got the ball. Joker had butterfingers, almost threw it out of bounds. Chris Middleton had to save it. Why? Because he, he didn't get fouled. Go to that free throw line. He didn't, didn't want to go to. He ain't want that smoke. Giannis to me. You doing that, that, for me, like, the level of how great he is has to be dropped a notch. Great players don't do that. And you're telling me this wasn't a LeBron situation where he made the right play. Grayson Allen ends up with the ball, and y'all don't get a shot at all? Come on, Giannis. For all those that say Giannis is the best player in the league right now, stop. So Giannis needs to get back in that same hunger I don't know if he need to go live in a hut for the summer or do something like that, but this man at some point has to actually get a jump shot. At some point, he has to be able to knock down free throws. This is ridiculous. 13 missed free throws. Y'all lose the game by one point, two points? That's your fault. 13 missed free throws. It's it's really getting old. You're not Shaq either. Like, what's wrong with you? Got to get some skill. Gotta get some skill. I think that's the bottom line. Uh, it's time for him to become more of a basketball player than a great athlete who can dribble a basketball. To Let's your finish. point, the injury happened because there was no skill. Him and John Moran. Oh, where's a floater? Where's a midi? Where's a, you know, just because you're seven feet tall and you're a freak out, it doesn't mean you don't need those things. You do need them. Um, that's how you, and, and same with John Morant, who's a fool, right? It's the same kind of thing. So it, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's the same conversation. You gotta add, you gotta continue to add skill to avoid injuries. It's, he got injured, it was his fault. And they lost the series, and it was his fault. He didn't make free throws. So you got to get better. Yeah. It's like him and John Morant stand at the top of like a 50-step walkway yeah. and decide to jump off from the top yeah. and hope to land on the, on two feet. That's exactly what they be doing. They're making no sense. And Ja's still doing it. Last yeah. game, they, they, they won, but Ja, you was going to dunk on LeBron? Really? Really? He almost and then he lands, he, lands, he lands on the hand that he injured. Really, really, Ja? Really, that, that was the best decision right there. I mean, he's up to smart. He, LeBron, he, LeBron at 52 years old tried to take a charge because he knows he knows your body. You're going to still try to do that. At 52, he tried to take a charge. John Moran reminds me a lot of uh, Russell Westbrook in a lot of ways. And, and I mean, and, and, and I'm not talking about it in all the good ways. I'm talking about like the lack of awareness. There's a lack of awareness with the way that they, they played both in their prime. Because Russell Westbrook was crazy. <laughs> okay. He was on some of that stuff too. It wasn't, he had a midi, he had a mid-range pull-up that was a good shot, but he, he would go to the basket with reckless abandon. And you know, he was just very durable and he was very fortunate to not get hurt. He was built different. Um, great athlete, all-time great athlete, but um Ja has that recklessness to him too. And they're very similar in that way. Very similar in that way. Yeah. He's going to have to check out Russ diet. They say Russ be eating a salad with no salad dressing. Wow. I can see it. Man, they said during the season, they're going to be eating like full-on spinach salad, iceberg lettuce mixed with tomatoes, cucumbers, all that with no dressing. I can see it. You weird. That's you wrong. Weird. That's, that's, that's wrong. I'm, I'm with the brawn diet. Give me some protein, nigga. Like no dressing. Brown one of one. Yeah, yeah, one of one for sure. That's it for NBA playoffs. We got some other matchups, and we could touch on it next week to see what happens. Lakers, hopefully they close it out. But I don't feel like talking about them bums. Unless y'all want to talk about them. <laughs> I don't feel like talking about. They'll them close bums. it out. Lakers, Lakers gonna close it out on Friday night. They'll close out tomorrow night. Hey, hey, they better looking like looking like Golden State about to close it out too. And I'm a, we could talk about it later, but it's just like. How Lakers playing? They not beating Golden State, and then if Golden State wins, we're looking at again possibly Golden State going to the finals. But that's a whole other discussion. You, Miles, transferring to football. Aaron Rodgers is finally here, baby. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is finally here, and y'all barely gave anything up to get a rod. How are you feeling about the trade now that it's actually? 
finally done. He's here. He's in the building. He's already doing 17 interviews, more than he's ever done with Green Bay. How are you feeling about A-Rod in the building? It's just funny because if this had happened, like you wake up to the news or you're at, you're up at like 12 AM, you get a notification that, Oh, Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the jets. I'd be jumping, throwing stuff all over the place. But like, this has been just going for three months now where it's just like, it's exhausting. And I was just like, just please get this done. Whatever it takes, just do it. Like the pick swap. Cool. If that's what it took to get it over the, the edge fine but now that he's here now we can start this super bowl run you know because that's what we're thinking about that's that's all we're thinking about with aaron Rodgers as the quarterback because honestly i think last year was kind of a blip on the radar i think he was he was dealing with receivers and kind of a young team that's going in they're going in two different directions like the packers the way they're set up, they're here. And Aaron Rodgers is still trying to go up. Like, he still views it as, like, a Super Bowl window for him. But the Packers, they were trying to move on. They were trying to move on three years ago when they drafted Jordan Love. But, you know, Rodgers was petty enough to win two, super, two, uh, two MVPs. So that kind of threw a wrench in things. Tough to trade a guy who wins two MVPs when he's playing that well. So I think now he's hungry again. He looks like he's, you know, back focused and committed to what it takes to win and committed to the Jets as an organization. And this is not a one, one and done. Like he's going to be here two, maybe three years, I think. And better be. I mean, he's not, he already said he's not, he doesn't see this as like a one and done ordeal. So I'll take him for that word, if it's worth anything. You know, Aaron Rodgers could retire tomorrow. and then Like, he's like Kyrie, yeah, so you don't know. But we're getting – I think we're getting that MVP Rodgers this year. And I think the weapons are there. Like, we're getting Brees back. He'll be back week one. we got Garrett Wilson, who is – I don't want to say he's Devontae Adams, but he's got similar capabilities to – to Devontae Adams, maybe even a little faster than him. And I think the wall is built. I think they didn't draft – well, teams jumped ahead of us to take a tackle, which kind of threw a wrench in our draft plans. But I think – Patriots did that on purpose. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't care. They're they're the bottom of the the conference anyway. So, whatever. They got to deal with Mac Jones for – 16 weeks fine that's fine with me um but like it just feels good to be a Jets fan right now like even last year felt good regardless of what happened at the end of the year when we lost what like five in a row six in a row to finish off the year that was an optimistic season because you've got so much young talent you've got the offensive rookie of the year. You got the defensive rookie of the year. We got a top five defense still. And all we were missing was a quarterback. So now you bring in that quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and the sky's the limit. Like, I think I, I'm ready. I know the tickets are going to be out of this world, but, I mean, that comes with greatness, right? Mm. They are a must-see, so I'll give you that. They're must-see. I think they'll get a bunch of primetime TV slots and all that. Um, I'll be watching the Jets games more carefully now, I think. You know, it's where it'll be worth watching. And we'll see where they can go with this thing. We'll see. I mean, last year, the way he played, he was iffy. He was iffy. And, and if whatever the reason may be, whether it was because he was on some kind of new narcotic that's only available to – white republicans you know i i don't know i maybe maybe that's what it was or I, you know i he he didn't show up to otas was the was the lot of what we heard and that was the noise that he just didn't get accustomed to his receivers and that's part of the problem hopefully and obviously he's looking to change that habit this year he's looking to take it more serious he's already working out so hopefully he can build some rapport with those guys and it can it can look good the way it's supposed to look 
But I'm interested. I'm really interested to watch this. I really am. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the most interesting players in football right now because of all the other stuff with him. It's not about the football play. It's about the other stuff. It's about what's going on in his head, you know, and then and then mix it up with New York. You know, obviously, it's not, it's not that he can't handle New York, but, you know, when you're struggling, it's loud. I don't think he really realizes how loud it'll be if he doesn't have a good game. It's going to be really loud. Um, if he if he throws an incompletion in OTAs, everyone gonna be on his ass. Like, that's what it is, right? That's 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 um that's New York. You know, the, the Daniel Jones was the worst quarterback in the league last year on OTAs. Remember? So I, I I think he's in for a big. Uh, I think he knows, but I don't think he knows what it feels like. So it'll be interesting to see how he acts to it. But he's great. Uh, they should big that they should easily make the playoffs. They should easily end their drought and. They should make some noise. We'll see what happens. Football's weird, though, and we don't know how this all works out. It's just tough to, to predict. But uh, and I'm talking about when you predict playoff matchups and who's going to win and who's going to win championships. It's ridiculously hard to do that. But um, they should get there. They should get there. He better get there. You know, that's 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 what it is. Like, they, he better get there. And I, and I think he will. Yeah, and specifically, especially for the Jets, and literally – Every team in the AFC, we go and pump the brakes on making any predictions, even with the draft. Like, some teams are doing good with the draft. That's great. But that quarterback gauntlet in the AFC, the schedule gets released next month. We will have a podcast where we will talk about looking at the schedule. We did it every year. And some years we've been right, and some years we haven't. We're going to do it, and we'll talk about it then. The Jets look good. Of course, it's a great time to be a Jets fan. Aaron Rodgers is finally here, finally in the building. He actually seems like he wants to be here. Now, how long that lasts? We don't know how long the honeymoon lasts. We, we never know with A-Rod. He might do ayahuasca and have a different, different feeling. I don't know. He was talking to Brandon Marshall. That might change everything, too. So I don't, I don't. we'll see what happens. Another quarterback that is back in the building. Lamar Jackson, now the highest paid player, which I don't think lasts long because Joe Burrow still got to get paid. And Justin Herbert. You got to pay Joe Burrow on book in Bitcoin, though, because they're broke. So you know that's coming. So Joe, um, I'm sure Joe's going to wait till Justin gets paid and then he'll do his contract because there's no way Justin Herbert should be getting paid more than Joe Burrow. That's a whole other discussion. Lamar Jackson, his contract, five-year, 260 mil, 185 million guaranteed, 52 per year. What y'all think about the contract and what y'all think about for the Ravens now having Lamar solidified back there for five years? He uh, he back on doing videos for the page, and, you know, we're going to be throwing the flock up. That was whack, but what y'all think about the uh, the contract? I mean, I feel like all roads led back to Baltimore in the end. Like, it didn't feel like it was going to be that difficult to kind of try to make things work. Like, I don't think he really wanted to leave Baltimore in the end run, but it always comes down to money. And, like, when people acting funny with your money, that's when you got to let them know, like, I don't need this. I don't need you. You need me. Like, I'm the one putting people in their seats. All you see in Baltimore is number eight jerseys. You don't see – you're not going to see – who's the running back? J.K. Dobbins jerseys. What? I'm not buying a running back's jersey in this climate. Not even Saquon. I'm not buying that stuff. Um, Lamar, he's a special talent. I think once that Jalen Hurts deal went down, that kind of sent – or made like a benchmark for where the negotiations start. Like that's the bar minimum that I would take, but I need more than that. So he's making like a million more per year than Jalen Hurts, which he deserves it. Like MVP, one of the youngest MVPs in NFL history. Hopefully he can get over the hump in the playoffs, but that comes with weapons and they've made a, consistent effort this year to make the, his job easier. Like you have Odell now, you've got Zay Flowers they just drafted tonight. You've got Rashad Bateman coming back. Hopefully he can stay healthy because that's a great trio right there to go along with Mark Andrews, your all pro tight end. 
So now we're cooking with gas. And then you got Todd Munkin, who's a very good offensive coordinator, and he's going to change things up so it's not so run-oriented. I think things are looking up for Lamar and, and Baltimore. So this was the biggest hurdle. I don't think they wanted to go into the season, you know, starting their other Pro Bowl quarterback. But if they had to, <laughs> they were going to. But trust trust the process. The deal was good. The deal was a great deal. It's exactly what he deserves. He's a great player. You deserve the money. It's not about how much money you get. It's, it's about how you structure the contract. That's how they, what they did with Jalen Hurts, giving him like $6 million this year or for this season, right? It's about how you structure it. And so, you know, we'll see how it affects their flexibility moving forward. They, I don't know why it took till year five of having Lamar to get some wide receivers. I don't understand why it took so long to start taking that part seriously. Uh, Bateman obviously tried the year before, but I mean, just, just you know, a lack of effort. But now that we're receiving course serious, so we'll see what he can do. I think I think he has less excuses now. I think he has, a, he has to make something happen with his lot with his roster. Uh, you can't point at the fact that he has a lack of weapons now if he doesn't if he goes into the playoffs and doesn't play well. So that's a big deal. I think there's a little pressure on him with that money, and I think things can turn fast. So especially especially being a black quarterback, um, things can turn fast on you. So I hope he's very successful with that receiving core because if not, you're gonna start hearing a lot of noise and whispers about um, him potentially being you know bought out of his contract, them trying to get into a new get a new quarterback. You know they as it was they were playing hardball with him to begin with. So we'll see what happens, but he's obviously very talented. I think he'll do great with the with the receiver they have, and it was a fair deal. It was a fair deal. They've taken ser- it seriously to build around him, and they'll be good moving forward. I, I think it's I think it's just that simple. I think it's just that simple. Plus, I never saw a world where he was going to leave them anyways. I never saw a world where he was leaving. I didn't think it was going to happen. I was very skeptical of it. Football's rules are made so that way the owners owners and the GMs are in complete control of these things. Uh, that's why Saquon Barkley can be as mad as he wants, but he ain't going nowhere because that's just the that's the CBA they signed. That's the CBA they signed. So it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I think you know um, teams have all the leverage. I know I'd heard otherwise from guys like you know people like Bomani Jones saying Lamar had all the leverage. I just didn't see it. I just didn't see it to be quite honest with you. Um, with the transition tag too, that's crazy. Like so, you have to pay me two first round picks for my for the for the guy for the right to sign the guy for the right to pay him. So you have to give up additional capital. Why would any team do that? So it just creates all this leverage for the team. And I just never thought that a guy like Lamar was going to get up out of there. I, I didn't I think it was going to happen. But it's CB, again, the CBA, they signed. They're a bunch of idiots. What's wrong with them? They, they Seriously. Ridiculous. You have no, you have no, there's never going to be any player movement in the NFL like that. Like it's, it's never going to be anything real. The Packers only traded Aaron Rodgers because they wanted to get rid of him because they were sick and tired of his crap. If, you know, if they wanted him, he would be a Packer. You know what I mean? Like, they got him out of there. That's the reality of it. Everyone's talking, you know what I mean? Like, guys don't just leave. Free agents, free agent, if you're a free agent in the, in the NFL, that means you're not that good of a player. It means you're okay. Like, we can get another one of you. Seriously, like, that's, that's, what they, that's really what it means. I, I think football is, is a crazy sport in that sense. Like, these guys have no power, no freedom at all it's it's crazy and they sign that cba every time it's like you know you would think guys who uh guys who run their players union and all have cte or something it's nuts they, they very well might be but they bro CD, cte don't matter because they keep signing up to play the football anyway think about but think about this the transition tag isn't the trans, transition tag the crazy thing you ever heard of i didn't even know that exists until this year and i was like what and then i looked in, i looked and i heard about what it was and i'm like Oh, so I got to give you two first rounders and I got to, and I got to come out of pocket and pay this new contract. So basically it's a way you guarantee you're never going to lose the guy. You're never going to lose him. <laughs> That's crazy. You know how a, a valuable a first round pick in football is? Wow. Hey, are you speaking of CBA? I didn't know about that either because I didn't go into depth of what was changed in the NFL CBA. But that next week episode, if we have time, NBA CBA. It's a lot of stuff in there. Now that they finally finalized this, a lot of stuff in there. And there's one thing in there that I know Greg would have approved of, and it would have been great to have this past season. It's now if players try to request a public trade, it's like a hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. 
hundred fifty thousand dollars. Stop these guys! I, I mean, I guess I appreciate the slap on the wrist. Nah, man, I need a, I need a steeper penalty, man. There should be a weight clause in there too. That way, a guy like James Harden can lose significant dollars because I don't like how he blew up like a balloon. You know, as he as he decided he wants to stop stop taking it seriously. And by the way, you know, we're not talking about basketball, but James Harden is washed. James Harden is washed. I just want people to just know what you're looking at. Tyrese Maxey is by far better than him. He is washed. And him leaving going to Houston, Philly will not put up a fight. Philly will not put up a fight. Daryl Morey, his boy, let him, he's going to let him walk. You're going to let him, let him walk his fat on to, 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 to Houston. <laughs> same, thing with, same thing in Memphis. Dylan Brooks, they, they'll pack his bags for him. Oh man. Hey, Jalen's Harden the whole time got went and got a BBL. People don't even really notice that. This thing walk around a BBL. Hey y'all, for, for those when y'all see this, it's Friday, 12, 14 a.m. The first round of the NFL draft has happened. We will review that real quick, just so y'all have our thoughts on that first round. Next week we'll break down the whole draft, the winners who had the best drive, the best trades, all that great, good stuff because it's seven rounds and ain't nobody staying up for all of that. So, first round. I want to start off with this. Was Bijan drafted too high? Top 10, number eight overall. There's always that discussion of running backs being drafted too high. Was Bijan drafted too high by the Atlanta Falcons? No, I don't think so. Because I feel like he he was one of the top three talents in the, the draft. Like, you don't see running backs like, like that. Like, I've seen his receiving ability out the backfield, special. He's a three-down back. He's, he's kind of like Saquon. But would the Giants do that over again? I don't know. Depends on if you can guarantee he'll be healthy every season. Like, this is a great pick if he's healthy for the length of this contract. But it's a weird pick because I feel like the Falcons had so many other needs than That's what I'm saying. like a running back. Like mm-hmm. I was thinking, I'm looking at the board. I'm like, okay, if Jalen Carter falls to the Eagles, that'll be their pick. But if the Bears end up taking him, then Bijan is going to be uh, the Eagles pick because there was great chemistry. He was basically campaigning to be an Eagle the whole draft process, going on interviews saying – Jalen Hurts was the quarterback that he would most like to play with. And I don't even think he met with the the Falcons. That was the other thing, too. He I think he only went on two visits. The Eagles were one of them. And looking at his reaction, I feel like it was a shock kind of to him. But you got to, you know, got to kind of recover from that initial shock. But it's weird. I thought quarterback might be a bigger need. But hey, who knows? The Falcons might still have an opportunity to take Hendon Hooker or Levis. Who knows? Hey, with that too, the thing that was wild with that is just like mm, he wasn't aware of it. But leading up to it, I heard Mel Kuyper, Adam Schefter, they were saying as it was leading up to the Falcons that the Falcons have been raving about Bijan. Raving. So they were putting out, you know, Bijan's on my, oh, I'd love to play with Jalen Hurts. The Falcons like, I'd love to have Bijan. I'd yeah. love to have him. And they they took him. I don't think it's too high, but to your point, y'all got way more important needs than Bijan Robinson. I think Bijan Robinson only made sense for a team that was ready to win right now. Uh, like the Eagles. I think a team like them, they were they shouldn't have done that. But they're, that's why they're the Falcons. So surprise, surprise, they made a bad choice. It's It's what they do. It's what they do. So uh, I'm not surprised by that. He's going to be great. It's just how's like he's going to translate to a whole bunch of wins for you long term. You know, I, I, going running back that early seems ridiculous. It was bad when the Giants did it, even though Saquon's been good when he's been healthy, um, been really good, been great when he's been healthy. Um, it's 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 bad now. I don't. It's not a good move for a team that's not ready to win. The Eagles are in a rare position where they got a top ten pick, and they were a championship team. It made sense for them. It did. It doesn't make sense for a team like the for the Falcons. Stupid. Stupid decision. Stupid decision. I don't I don't co-sign that at all. But we'll see. It'll be fun highlights. And you know, they're gonna love, they're gonna love his they're gonna love his black behind in uh Atlantic Atlanta. You know that. Atlantic gonna have a good time. 
Hey, one of my bigger takeaways of the round one so far, and y'all could tell me y'all takeaways, the Eagles, at least the first round, to me, the Eagles won the first round. Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith to that defense that's already like that? Bruh, I'm, I'm telling you that NFC East, the NFC in general, the Eagles, that that front line, and now they got Nolan Smith, that linebacker. They led, I think they were the top two, three teams with sacks last season. Adding those boys already to Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, the veterans that they got. Bro, the Eagles looking looking scary, bro. They looking scary. We already know what Jalen Hurts is, AJ Brown. We know, we know what they're doing on there. Now they stocked up that defense, especially part of, you know, the issue. They ain't making it to the Super Bowl again, for example. Again, you're going to have to face Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, or Josh Allen. You're going to need some people that can get after the quarterback. And the Eagles, they got that solidified. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, the last two years, they've kind of been picking off of Georgia's team, which not a bad team to pick off of. They've won the last two national championships. So when you're looking at it, that's a good route to go. You know, picking from SEC teams, that's where you're going to find most of the NFL talent right now. And they had a kind of a luxury. You got two first-round picks, one in the top ten. So you can get a little crazy with that one. And coming into this draft, you're talking about Jalen Carter, arguably the best player in the draft. And for him to fall so far because of stuff that happened in this draft process, the, you know, off the field issues, this is a steal. Like nobody thought at the beginning of this that he would even make it to 10 or nine. So that was great. And then same thing with Nolan Smith. I thought he was an option in the teams for some of these teams that are looking at edge rushers, like in the at the combine, he ran like a four three as an edge rusher. Like that's special. And that was another luxury. Like you've got Hassan Reddick already, who he's a special talent. He was wrecking stuff last year. But that team was built to win last year. Now they have to build it back up with young pieces and this is a good start. I'd rather not talk about the Eagles and how how good they are. So there. Tell me about your, your Giants pick. I mean, they they did. A, I think it's a good pick. I think it's a really good pick. I think he's he's drawing comparisons to Marlon Humphrey. I think they needed a second corner really, 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 really badly. If you watched the Giants last year, that was it was a liability. Um, the second corner, so they needed that badly. I think that they went to get went ahead and addressed that need. Um, and you know, if you know Joe Shane and is this front office, they keep saying the draft is where they're going to build the team. And, and they're staying true to that. They're not doing anything reckless. They're being smart. You know, they got Darren Waller for a steal. You know, like that's just the way they're, 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 just, they're just being smart with the way they're operating. They're not going to rush anything. But um, in the meantime, they're going to be able to compete. And you, his athletic profile, like he's like the fourth most athletic uh, cornerback on the grading scale in the last, like I heard, what, 20 years or something ridiculous. Like they, that, they saw that stat a minute ago. So you know, when you get a guy like that who runs like a four three or four three five, whatever it was, he's blazing fast. You you can't help but be excited about him and how he's gonna look in the in the in the um in the backfield uh alongside of Dory Jackson, right? So they got two they got two quality corners now, both kind of same physical build. Um and I think it's gonna allow Wink Martindale to be more creative. And I think that's what you you know you need that. You need guys who can cover if you're gonna blitz a whole lot like they did. So I love the pick. I think it's a good pick. I mean would I have loved to get a wide receiver? Yeah, but I think there's good wide receivers you can get. Second round, you know, Tyler Scott. There's a kid from Stanford. I was hearing about Michael Wilson. I heard he's pretty talented. There's guys. So um, I think I think or the guy, the kid from Purdue, uh, Charlie Jones, I believe his name is. Like there's guys. So um, Tank De- uh, Tank Dell from Houston. There's guys. So uh, I think I think the Giants will get their wide receiver next pick. I think the next pick will be a wide receiver. If you drop this clip before tomorrow, I might look good. I might look good. All right, I do some overtime tonight. Try to get that, that clip ready. <laughs> hey, or I or I have to or I have to put the uh, timestamp on it when I drop it. Right. Like, this was said on April twenty eighth at twelve twenty two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
Imagine so one of the guys. Imagine what was one of the guys I named too. Like exactly. I, I, I you know, could you imagine? Hey, I was God. You do that. The Giants, the Giants might have to give you a call, put you in the front office. They might have to do it at this right. point. Hey, how you feel about Will McDonald to the Jets? I like it. I mean, looking at all the the draft comps and the way they're talking about him, how his bend off the edge is, you know, might be the best in the draft. I, I think he's talented. I think this year the numbers were a little down, but usually if you're really good, they start double teaming you. So I think that's what it was a product of. But I like the pick. I think he's going to add an, a different aspect to this defense. And as, like you said, especially in this AFC where you got QBs who – you can't just allow them to stand back there five, six seconds. You need to put some pressure on them and make them, you know, speed up their process. I think he's going to help us do that. And Robert Sala, if you look back at his San Francisco teams, he liked to rotate defensive ends and edge rushers to keep everybody healthy, keep everybody fresh, so that for the whole game, you're, you're coming at the, the quarterback with fresh legs. You're not tired by the fourth quarter. You're still, you know, firing off the edge. So I think he's going to add that piece to that. We took Jermaine Johnson last year. So he'll be on one side. We still got Carl Lawson. So we're deep right now at edge rusher. And I don't think you take him at 15 if you don't have special plans for him. That's a fact. We will close out the show with one. This is the first time ever in draft history that four wide receivers were taken back to back to back. Which of these wide receivers you think has the bet are in the best situation to make the most impact this season? Quentin Johnson went to the Chargers, Jackson Smith and Nigba went to the Seahawks, Zay Flower went to the Ravens, and Jordan Addison went to the Vikings. Which of these wide receivers is going to have an immediate impact? And isn't the best season, the best situation to actually play well straight from the jump? Zay Flowers to me. Zay Flowers to me. Also, Miles, you agree? Yeah. Um, if you go on, if you run down another situation to other wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigma has to compete for uh, for touches with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and uh, whatever tight end is there, you know, Disley or whatever, whoever it is. Um, so it's tough. I think it's tough. And they love to run the ball a lot. Uh, Seattle runs the ball a lot. Uh, so that's another thing. Um, you look at Quentin Johnson. They've got Keenan Allen still. I don't think they cut him. They were talking about cutting him. They didn't do that. Uh, and, and they they have Mike Williams, I believe, still there, right? Um, so there's just big dogs already there. They, they're the guys there. You know what I mean? That's a long-term play for them. To your, to your point, before you continue, it might be opportunity for them because they stay injured. Right. And, and yeah, and that's a, and that's part of the reason why I said Zay Flowers would be would be the number one guy, because you can't trust Odell to be healthy the entire season. So he'll probably get touches. Um, you know what I mean? And, you know, you, you're it's a weak receiving core outside of Odell and him. Right. So you Bateman, but then it gets really thin. There's no one else. So um, I think they got a good he's had a good chance to really make an impact year one right away for them right away. Um, I, we didn't talk about Addison, but Addison has Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball. So. There's just questions there no matter what. Good luck. You know, he'll be getting some bounce passes all season. <laughs> you said Kirk Cousins played point guard in the offseason for the Timberwolves. Kirk Cousins is John Stockton. <laughs> Speaking of quarterbacks, so obviously we saw that Bryce Young went number one, CJ Shaw went number two. And the question was, who was going to be the next quarterback off the board? Was it Richardson? Was it Levis? Was it possibly Hendon Hooker, which was getting a lot of, he was getting a lot of, you know, good reports leading up to the draft the last couple of days. But it was Anthony Richardson to the Indianapolis coach. What's your thoughts on this pick? How soon do you actually see Anthony Richardson? Do we see him this season? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you don't take a guy top four and sit them the whole season. Like, even if – I don't know if they have a QB in place to start right now. Yeah. Honestly, I would try to get him in there as soon as possible. And 
what? You think you should let him sit? I think sit yeah, that's a, that's a good it's a good idea too. But I think you got to learn on the good. fly. Yeah, you got to learn on the fly. And okay. I think the best practice is in the game. Like you're gonna learn, you're gonna see up close what you have to do. You watch film with one of the better QB coaches that they have. So I think the Colts, they've been looking for the replacement for Andrew Luck for so long that their fans are going to be so anxious to see him get out there as soon as possible. I think he'll have his lumps. He'll have games where he struggles. He might throw three picks. But I think he'll keep learning from that as the season goes on. Like, I see it as Trey Lance kind of benefited from having Jimmy G there if, you know, he was able to play that next season, if he didn't get hurt. I think he was going to have a good year. But I don't know if there's any quarterbacks out there that they can pick up to start ahead of him that would be beneficial for him to learn from. So I say put him out there. Let him learn. Let him, you know, learn on the fly. Like, he, he's raw. He only started one year at Florida. I thought he was going to come back for another year. But, like, seeing this draft class of quarterbacks, this was the best time to leave. And I think he's the most talented quarterback in the draft. To your point, though, I think I agree with Greg. It would be nice to have him sit. But these are the quarterbacks that he's going to compete with to have a starting job. Ellinger, Nick Foles, and Gardner Mission. So I think by default, because of how talented he is, he's probably going to beat them out. So to your point, he's going to have to learn on the fly. It had been great. I think it would have been beautiful if he was drafted like a team like the Panthers. That would have been beautiful and ideal. They have basically an incubator for, quarter, for a young quarterback. It would have been absolutely beautiful. But he's on the Colts. And to your point, they ain't even had nothing to be excited about since Andrew Luck at the quarterback position. They've tried everything. They had Phillip Rivers. They decided to bring out Greg's great-great-grandfather one season. They're trying, they've been trying any and everything. At most, he's going to put the people in the seats. People are going to want to come see him. He's going to be one of the most exciting players in the NFL from day one. And he might be the best running quarterback from day one. So it's a win-win in a lot of ways. Even if he doesn't have the MVP type of season, he doesn't start off like Lamar's first year that he played, or, you know, he has some lumps, more more interceptions and touchdowns, so be it. Y'all going to sell out. It's Anthony Richardson. It's going to be exciting. And. They might run his black behind out of, out of Indianapolis, too. He doesn't do too well right away. You know it's Indianapolis, so just be prepared for that. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But he, he'll, he's talented. He deserves to be above Will Levis and Hendon Hooker and them boys, obviously. So um, the Will Levis fall is interesting. You know, we'll see how, what happens tomorrow night with him. That him falling so far is, is – I, I mean – I'm a little surprised by it, I guess. I, I didn't think he was that good. You know, I, I, I after just kind of hearing more about him, people I trust, people I go to for these things told me that he wasn't that good. So that's really what I, that's really where I'm going off of. I don't got time to watch all this film. You know, man, but I, I you know, that's, that's the reason why I, I, I love the Giants pick is the reason why God, people I trust love Deontay Banks. So, uh, but they don't like Will Levis. So we'll see where he lands. I, that should be interesting. Um, and then what he does when he lands somewhere, I thought Tampa Bay might take him and they passed up on him. He, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's the male thing. I think he's got a real football deficiency. People are scared of obviously, <laughs> or maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe that's a personality thing with these quarterbacks. I don't know, but it should be interesting. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And they said, we good. Yeah, that's bad. Not, not even to take him. Like maybe we could, you could compete. We could have you as a backup possibly. Those are your two quarterbacks right now. They're trying to tank for uh, Caleb Williams. It's like an obvious tank for Caleb Williams. It's the tank is on. The tank is on, and and rightfully so. He's the best quarterback. He's better than like half the league right now already. So whoever gets him, they're up. The hey. look, they're gonna tank too. Don't. It's the same thing. Todd Bowles is the right guy to do that. It's the right coach to have. They're gonna tank on purpose and fire him. Damn. Yeah. 
get one more check, Todd. Get one more check and go back to being a coordinator. Because you as a head coach, it, you don't be looking too hot, bro. You better as a coordinator. That might just be a little bit too much on your plate. And it's fine. It's fine. We don't want to have a black man out of a job as a head coach. But I'm sorry. The black delegation do not want you as a head coach. That's just what it is. We don't want you representing us because you're not really good at being a head coach. That's how it is. But if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bitch, mob, ENT. We out. Peace. Subscribe, share, like on all streaming platforms and YouTube. You already know how it is.